Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, and you're joining us for the episode 6 of the Square Time Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Finley. And I am the other guy, Tom Buell. We are reaching back into time as of June 6, 2017, and we are going to be discussing the critically acclaimed Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Wild. history of the royal family of Hyrule is also the history of the Calamity Ganon, a primal evil that has endured over the ages. first before our hundred years of explanation happen we have to describe what we are as a podcast for those who don't know we are a spoiler game podcast and we talk about the entire game and everything's on the table nothing is off limits at all but to be upfront, we both have not finished this game yet I am about 35 to 40 hours in as of this recording. And Nick, how far are you? I'm about, I want to say 12. About 12? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Yeah, we're going to do this one a little bit different. Uh, For the Nier podcast, we divided it up into two parts because it was so long. But this game is a very lengthy game. And we, we are technically... Recording this on June 1st, 2017. So we're going to peek behind the curtain a little bit. So I will go deeper into it this weekend. And Tom will probably finish it this weekend. Or... Yeah, I have, a, uh, I have a total of 12 hours of air, airplane time this weekend. So I will probably finish it if my Switch battery lasts that long. Yeah, you're going to have to box somebody out for a power strip. We don't have a power shop going in, but I brought bought one of those like cell phone charging batteries. Ooh, just plug in. Those are nice. I really, really like them. Yeah, you you had one at PAX, and that inspired me to get one. Oh man! Speaking of, I'm oh, we're oh I'm, I just hope they drop soon. I want yeah. those tickets. Oh, PAX is our favorite thing in Seattle. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. Yeah, so we're so we will divide this up into two episodes. This first episode, we'll talk about our introduction. Uh, Tom will talk a little bit past where I'm at, um, since we're in a spoiler cast. I don't care about spoilers, and it'll be. Fun I still to... kind of care about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super ironic, but I do. 
that's awesome uh yeah but that's the that's the good thing is that this can just be for those who come back and finish the game um as of right now i can say you should go play it you no no like stop what you're doing and go and get a switch or if you have a wii u just go get it like drop it right now if you're on the bus just exit to the nearest target go get a switch and get get zelda it's worth four hundred dollars for me (laughs) wow uh I can say I would if you don't have a Wii U, you should probably get a Switch and play it that way. I I do I enjoy. No, I don't. Um, uh, the Wii U's the Wii U's a little rough. The load times I think are worse than the Switches. I don't know that for a fact. I just assume. I just assume it to be true. About how long are the load times for you? Oh, I mean. Going into shrines is probably the most time-consuming process to me because huh. you have the the little cutscene that you will walk into the shrine. Uh, oh, I just skip elevator. that now. Yeah, I, I skip all that. I skip it, but it's still it kind of it kind of creaks if that makes sense. And then you oh, like you get a little stutter or something. It's a stutter, and then I can't move forward. Like they don't give me full control right away. That's uh, that, that's on the switch too. Okay. And it's just the, a game de- gameplay design thing. Yeah, just um, and then I've been playing mostly with the pro controller. the The tablet's fine. Uh, there's one shrine that you have to use the tablet in. Oh, and... is that the one at uh, Hinato Village? Yeah, it is. I, so, yeah, um, what we'll I talk should, about that shrine. <laughs> we should, what we should talk about first is um, our history with Zelda. Yes, I'll start. Uh, my f- first Zelda, like full Zelda game that I beat, was. Oracle of Ages for the Game Boy Color. The Capcom developed Zeldas. That was the first kind of introduction to that. I fell in love. It's like my sister had the Oracle of Seasons and I had Oracle of Ages. So we would trade back and forth and do whatever was connected. It was 2001, I think, when that came out. So that was the first Zelda game I beat. And then I skipped Wind Waker for some reason because I think I was... 12 and didn't have money for it and then when we got a wii uh i beat all of twilight princess so one of the least favorite modern zelda games i'd say in collective memory if well skyward sword i skipped as well so i haven't really played that much zelda recently i've tried to go back and i bought the 3d 3ds versions of uh, Orcarina and Majora's, but I got about four or five dungeons into both of those and kind of just gave up. But I think that's more on me and keeping my 3DS charged than anything. For me, I grew up watching my sister play the Zelda for the NES. I believe that's just straight up Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I used to. I used to watch her play. I played A Link to the Past, then um, I didn't play Ocarina or Majora's. I own both. They are on my Wii console as a virtual console games, and I've, I've never got around to it. Uh, the, Zelda, I refer to it as my dirty little secret for gamers... Zelda is such a beloved franchise that 
me considering myself a gamer, not having those credentials of beating a Zelda is a dirty little secret. I could see that. Like, I'll admit I've only beaten Mario Galaxy out of all of the Marios. It's just that Nintendo has never... I've never been at, like, peak Nintendo when I've owned a Nintendo system. I've owned the GameCube, and I've owned a Wii. I never owned a SNES or a N64, which people our age are, like, 26, 25. Kind of consider N64 as, like, the console of our childhood. For most people I know, at least. Totally. Uh, For me, my, my parents were lower class and so we did not have the funds to put into new consoles then Um, i would say for me i had a super nintendo when everybody was on like the playstation one and playing final fantasy i think n64 like I, i it was right around the time that all those consoles were coming out with dreamcast as well and i didn't have any of those and I remember when the PS2 came out that I was like the N64 kid with the PS2. And even then, I didn't get all of the uh, glorious games for the PS2. And as I got older, I wanted to replay those games that I didn't get to purchase when I was a kid and heard so much about. And Zelda's happened to be one of the ones. And... The only one that I came close to beating was Wind Waker. I keep trying to go back to that on Dolphin, but it's hard with the 4x3 and on my TV, I guess. I Because I, I own it now. I traded Onimusha 2 and 3 for Wind Waker. Probably so a I, good trade. Yeah, I, those ones were tough. I really I like those action games. So... Wind Waker was the closest one I got to, and I think at the time I was borrowing it from a friend, and they asked for it back. So I oh, just okay. finished the Water Temple, and we were going to the island to defeat Ganon. Okay. Yeah, I think I've played like the intros at a friend's house of like every single Zelda game. I've just never owned it. Yeah, it just it doesn't. It doesn't. It never. It never grabbed me. Like I, I tried to play Twilight Princess. That was, but I tra- played it on the GameCube. Very much kind of like the Wii U, where I didn't buy the newest console. I'm just on the mm-hmm. old console, uh, playing the newest Zelda. The. I would say let's let's talk about the uh, what's the premise for this this, this one. So this Zelda is almost a, I would call it a post-apocalyptic fantasy game. Where you it, Ganon has come, he is the calamity Ganon in this iteration. The Society of Hyrule has, uh, or Hillian, I think is what they're the Hillian Society spent years and years and years developing all this technology to beat Ganon. But Ganon has come along, calamity Ganon has come along, and he just wrecks shop with you. You wake up in as like as Link in a rejuvenation chamber open your eyes wake up link after being 
just beat the shit out of a hundred years ago. So you wake up, you don't really know what's going on. You get a iPad, your magic iPad that everyone knows you by. You wake up, you get some clothes and you meet this hermit guy. And he tells you to go to four different shrines and get you ma- your magical powers, which stand in for the usual. The Zelda is you get one item per dungeon dungeon. And in that dungeon, you learn how to use that item and you master it. And then you're kind of done with that item in Zelda. You get the f- or breath of the wild. You get uh, four main powers or three. I don't know. So you get your um, bombs. You can have bombs whenever now. You have a round bomb and a square bomb. So the difference there is if you want to roll down a hill, you do circle bomb and square bomb, it stays in place. Then you get your stasis, which will lock lock an item into place, only certain items into place. And if you hit them, it will transfer the kinetic energy to that and it will move it real fast. Then you got magnesis, which... Obvious, you become Magneto. In the yeah, sense. you just shoot a, a giant magnet beam at something, and you spin it around, kind of almost like physically. That's like kind a, of you use use the beam. It's like a psyops, like or if you're like force unleashed force, kind of moving oh. the object around. Yes, sir. and then the last one I always forget about is the cryostasis, where you can make yeah. blocks of ice on top of water or swamp or whatever you want a water-like substance. And those are your four main powers. And you don't really get more from that first opening two or three hours when you're on a plateau, you're on the Hyrulean plateau and you're taking lessons from this old hermit man. This was pretty fun. Uh, They tried to show you multiple mechanics in this area. Um, I noticed that the Ronin uh, vagabond, what did you call him? I just called him the old man. The old man. Old man, King Hyrule. Old, or whatever. Old man. Spoilers. Um, Spoiler cast. <laughs> um, so uh, he teleports all over the the area that you're in. And you're actually on this little plateau. And there's a giant walled, walled area around this spot. When you travel around and teleport, you can... You just see him about, and he'll teach you how to do stuff, be it cutting wood to make a fire, uh, cooking. You learn the cooking mechanics, and you also you can do the hunting mechanics as well. Yeah, this is pretty much an open-world early access survival game that was finished for once. I would say that this is probably the greatest reveal in some time. I really like how this this old man just turns out to be King Helene or whatever. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's like, oh, who like, you know he's a mysterious old man, so he has to either be your teacher and die or be someone really important because if you're Joseph Campbell, hero's journey type stuff.
<laughs> well done there, young one. Now then, the time has come to show you who I truly am. I was King Rome Bosphoramus Hyrule. I was the last leader of Hyrule. A kingdom which no longer exists. <laughs> the Great Calamity was merciless. It devastated everything in its path, Lo. A century ago, it was then that my life was taken away from me. And since that time, here I have remained in spirit form. I did not think it wise to overwhelm you while your memory was still fragile. So rather than that, I thought it best to assume a temporary form. Forgive me. I think you are now ready. Ready to hear what happened. One hundred years ago. To know Calamity Ganon's true form, one must know the story from an age-long past. The Demon King was born into this kingdom, but his transformation into malice created the horror you see now. Stories of Ganon were passed from generation to generation in the form of legends and fairy tales. But there was also a prophecy. The signs of a resurrection of Calamity Ganon are clear, and the power to oppose it lies dormant beneath the ground. We decided to heed the prophecy and began excavating large areas of land. It wasn't long before we discovered several ancient relics made by the hands of our distant ancestors. These relics, the Divine Beasts, were giant machines piloted by warriors. We also found the Guardians, an army of mechanical soldiers who fought autonomously. This coincided with ancient legends oft repeated throughout our land. We also learned of a princess with a sacred power and her appointed knight chosen by the sword that seals the darkness. It was they who sealed Ganon away using the power of these ancient relics. One hundred years ago, there was a princess set to inherit a sacred power and a skilled knight at her side. It was clear that we must follow our ancestors' path. We selected four skilled individuals from across Hyrule and tasked them with the duty of piloting the Divine Beasts. With the princess as their commander, we dubbed these pilots Champions, a name that would solidify their unique bond. The princess, her appointed knight, and the rest of the champions were on the brink of sealing away Ganon. But nay. Ganon was cunning, and he responded with a plan beyond our imagining. He appeared from deep below Hyrule Castle, 
seize control of the Guardians and the Divine Beasts. Turn them against us. The champions lost their lives. Those residing in the castle as well. The appointed knight, gravely wounded, collapsed while defending the princess. And thus, the kingdom of Hyrule was devastated absolutely by Calamity Ganon. However, the princess survived to face Ganon alone. Link, you are our final hope. The fate of Hyrule rests with you. That princess was my own daughter, my dear Zelda. And the courageous knight who protected her right up to the very end. That knight was none other than you, Link. You fought valiantly when your fate took an unfortunate turn. And then, you were taken to the Shrine of Resurrection. Here you now stand, revitalized 100 years later. The words of guidance you have been hearing since your awakening are from Princess Zelda herself. Even now, as she works to restrain Ganon from within Hyrule Castle, she calls out for your help. However, my daughter's power will soon be exhausted. Once that happens, Ganon will freely regenerate himself, and nothing will stop him from consuming our land. Considering that I could not save my own kingdom, I have no right to ask this of you, Link. But I am powerless here. You must save her, my daughter, and do whatever it takes to annihilate Ganon. Somehow, Ganon has maintained control over all four divine beasts, as well as those guardians swarming around Hyrule Castle. I believe it would be quite reckless for you to head directly to the castle at this point. I suggest that you make your way east out to one of the villages in the wilderness. Follow the road out to Kakariko Village. There you will find the Elder Impa. She will tell you more about the path that lies ahead. Consult the map on your Shika slate for the precise location of Kakariko Village. Make your way past the twin summits of the dueling peaks. From there, follow the road as it proceeds north. And what I also think that was pretty neat about this is it starts, as Tom mentioned, this game is a survival game. There's multiple elements that are in this world, and so one element that this game introduces is snow and high altitude. Very early on, did you get the cold-resistant jacket thing? Oh, no, I just made food. Oh, okay. Because there's also a quest if you find uh, his cabin early on in the plateau area. If you uh, cook him a special dish, it's like chili fish beef stuff. If you cook it to that, you get a cold tunic you can put on and just be fine up on the plateau. Because this is a game about saying yes to the player. It's like, do you want to do this? There, Well, there's three or four ways to beat almost every challenge you, that you come across. 
and it's just I'll say the first day I went and bought my switch at about 7 a.m. Because I was like checking in stock now or iStock now, one of those two. It's like, I need a switch. I need a switch. I need a switch. And local Target had one. I'm like, all right, 7 a.m. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I pick it up, play up, just sit down. It's about 10 a.m. when I finally sit down and play it. I look up. It's 10 p.m. I've lost like 12 hours of this game without even realizing it. That hasn't happened in a long time for me. Mm. For me, I think my first relationship with this, I got through the tutorial and then I just quit. Really? Yeah, I. so I really like the whole trying to deal with the cold, and I'm probably going to go back to try to make that chili fish concoction. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it asks for peppers and raw meat and then something else, so it must be fish as well. Yes, you go into the lake Hyrule. Like, there's a little lake by the Temple of Time or whatever. If you yep. catch fish in there, you can get it. Okay, cool. That's perfect. Yeah, I want uh, I want a coat because that would be... I haven't had to deal with too much Alpine stuff yet with where I'm at in the game. But I beelined it for a number of places. And I uh, to try to catch up to Tom in terms of where I was at in the story, I skipped many, many shrines. I feel like this is a game about the stories that the player tells... Versus the story that it's telling you. Because I have probably a dozen stories now about the crazy thing that happened to me. There was this, like, Eventide Island, which is the best shrine in the game. I have about 20 stories that we'll get to later. But just tease. Stay around for Eventide Island. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished that, that snow peak shrine and as you get out uh the old man he just makes you do stuff all over the island and i thought he's kind of obnoxious and his reveal is pretty fun and he tells you he's like okay well imagine these four shrines now go to the middle of it and that's where you go to the to the center uh, temple of time yes and when you go there you can upgrade your stamina and your health bar and your stamina you do you use it for Pretty much everything except attacking. I kept for the first couple, like maybe five or six hours, I was playing this like Dark Souls, Dark Dark Souls, where I would go in, get one or two strikes, back off, go in, get one or two strikes, forgetting that I could just keep mashing on attack without consequence. I would pay for a roll. I would pay for any sort of dodge system. You can you can jump. Jump out of the way, and then if you jump out of the way in the right way, right time, you get the flurry attack. Okay, I'll try that. I would, yeah, I would pay for a dodge because that's one thing that you can't do, like Dark Souls, where you can turtle up just with a shield, and then, but it, it breaks, or your one-handed sword breaks too. So you you get you get an ability later after a divine beast that's really helpful. All right, cool. That's awesome. Because that, uh, yeah, I would pay for it. Um, so after that, the king. Uh, so when you're in the temple, the king uh, reveals himself and he gives you a kite that you can float down on, which is probably the the funnest thing. I love kite it's, so much. It's so neat. And I remember other podcasters bringing up the fact that it feels so good to just float over enemies because there's mm-hmm. no experience bar or anything like that. You're only in it for 
the ending of the shrines for upgrades for yourself as the character? There is a little bit of that when uh, whenever there's a... So once every couple days of game time, you'll get a red moon. And that will upgrade... That will respawn every enemy and upgrade some as well. Oh, uh, okay. Like, this game is probably one of the densest games I've ever played. There's so much going on. Interesting. And so many little, like, secrets. Like, did you know there, like... In Hinato Village, there's a devil shrine. Interesting. Where you can change uh, hearts for stamina and stamina is for hearts. Huh. So, like, points you put into stamina, you can transfer over to hearts. Integral into gain the Master Sword. Huh. Okay. I put all of my upgrades into my stamina bar currently. So I'm just on the three heart, heart life. Man. You'll eventually, every time you beat a divine beast, you get a heart oh, as well. Cool. That's that's really good because I'm at, I'm at this point where people are uh, are one-shotting me. So that's why it would be really helpful to be able to dodge. Yeah, you die really quick in this game. and then, like, But there's also so many ways to combat that dying. You can also... Cooking food is a huge, huge, huge part of this game. You actually have to spend maybe sometimes 20 minutes cooking food. But if you can – there's a bunch of fruit you can find called like durian fruit that they will increase your max life. So you get golden hearts, which will kind of like soul hearts and bind of Isaacs where they'll go away after you get hit. But you also can do stuff where if you get high defense, you're only taking like half a heart per hit. If you have like something with three defense little points – there's just and then you can also up your attack with food that you have to cook. You have to spend that time cooking, which cooking is I th- I usually hate like crafting in games. I hate doing the like all right, I need this, I need this, I need this. But this game it's all right, let's play around with it. Let's let's get a banana. Let's get a razor fish and then let's we're going to make a big attack like cookie. And then when I need to attack something real hard, I'll eat that cookie. That's that's dope. That that makes me excited. How do you make elixirs? Uh you just do uh a monster part and a thing, and that's it. In your recipe. So, so like, whenever I do the whenever monster... I do a protein and Oh, you don't want you don't want a protein. You want like a bug or a fish. Oh, okay. So it says critters, so I was like, well, a rabbit is a critter. But the rabbit only drops, like, raw meat, right? Yeah, so that's what I was trying to, like, because that's all it gives you in the game is, like, oh, you need critter, or to you need, to make an elixir, you need a critter plus a monster part. And so that makes more sense. It doesn't make sense for their definition of critter, but no. I will now know what to do with a bugs and fish. Yes, and then also you can do, like... The better the monster part, the better the elixir you'll get out of it. So if it's a high knock, which is the big uh, cyclops dude, big fat cyclops dude, if you have like his toenail, you'll get a better elixir out of it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this... So you started in the east, and that's where exactly where I went as well. So I went... It kind of funnels you that way. You get to the... Uh... 
the first big area was this game has towers. It has the Ubisoft tower model. Yeah, but it's but I actually like the towers. One thing that I really like about the UI is how clean and pristine the map and the user interface are. If you don't know what spot you're looking at, you actually if you haven't been to the tower, you won't get the information that's inside these specific spots. Yes, that that is crucial. And as well as when you open the map, you create your own mini map clutter because every, you can mark you have 99 stamps you can put on the map wherever you want. And also you can if you click in one of the sticks, you kind of go into binoculars view and if you press A, you can just mark it on your map and that will be a big waypoint that you can see. But only when you're in that view, so like exploring you have a very clean ui that i i just oh it's so good so good it, i love this game it's so smooth uh, everything month. is just butter it uh, you can you can basically climb up anything so we had this whole issue with our last episode about the last guardian where climbing on stuff yes. was such a challenge and physically impossible some of the ways your avatar behave like boy would just contort in weird ways like how did that how did he get up there and link in this game climbs trees just easy climbs stone just easy like you feel control like in control of link at all times like it has grip like i wouldn't expect you have a grip meter, which is your stamina meter. I just mean like straight up grip. Like it feels like for a game, it feels like you are playing this game, yes, but you have control yeah. and grip of the environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about uh, now that we're kind of off the plateau, I'm going to go to one of my first kind of aha moments of this game, which was uh, the Shrines of Dueling Peaks. So you come off the the plateau, you go down to this little field, this kind of war-torn field, because Ganon came in 100 years ago and kind of just wrecked shop. There's ruins everywhere. There's ruins of guardians, which are supposed to help kill Ganon, but they turned on you. But you reach these two peaks, and there's... On top of the, the two peaks, you have two shrines. They're connected but you don't know quite why. And so when you go in the shrine, I'll tell you this one matches its brother and it has a like three by five grid and there's balls in each kind of the metal balls you deal with this uh, in the shrines are kind of a common trope is this little ball you can throw in this ball you hold over sphere you hold over your head and you put it into a hole and it will unlock something a little like, Go from orange to uh, blue. And so I, what I did was I took a screenshot of the first peak. Then you go to the second peak's shrine and you have to mat- make that match. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah, it does. They have a little grid and you make the grid match on either peak. I just thought that was really, really smart. And you get... Oh, it's been a while. 
you get you get stuff. I think you no, know, there's another shrine on uh, those peaks where you get the climbing gear, which is get climbing gear, get climbing gear. Okay, duly noted. <laughs> Pointing at Nick, you can't see it, but duly noted. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been climbing quite a bit because that's fun. It's not like the Skyrim Ors where you can just jump forever. Go up any, yeah. Like Tom was mentioning earlier that there's a grip meter so you can actually let go and then fall to your death. And you die a lot in this game. Yeah, it's in it has the same Dark Souls font, but instead of you died, it's game over. I would call it Zelda font, not Dark Souls font. It's just red. But I'd say it's Dark Souls because it's, it's similar. Black and red. Yeah. Because yeah. no game has ever but done that. That's true. No game has ever done that. It's true. It's it's spoken out loud. It's uh it's it's fake news or alternative facts, whichever you prefer. <laughs> whichever you subscribe to. Yeah, this So for oh. me I so I quit right there. I think I did one shrine at that little tiny town. It's right down below. Oh, that's just a uh, stable. Yeah, just Yes, I want to take a moment and talk about how I appreciate stables because stables there's about probably 20 stables in the game maybe I'm exaggerating that but at every stable you come across there's always usually two people there there's this little shopkeeper named Beetle I love Beetle's Beetle pretty cool. and he's got a, he has the same makings of a Beetle yeah, he's like guys. Little, he's got this huge little pack on him, and then like when you talk to him, he puts down his little shop sign. He's like, "I'm open for business." It's like I want to talk to you. You're my friend. It's like I wasn't expecting a lot of NPCs when I started this game, but like I fell in love with three main NPCs. So it's Beetle, Cass, and Hetsu. Oh, Have I haven't Hetsu, Hetsu yet. He is my Maraca son, and I will protect him forever. He's pretty good. I did take pictures of it as I was playing because this guy was that neat. Yeah, he, Hetsu, for those who haven't played the game, is a Korok, which are kind of like Ents if envisioned by Nintendo. Forest creatures, it's like Ents and um, the little children, if you call if you would like to call them that, in Princess Mononoke. Yes, if you combine those two into two things and then... Uh, Hetsu needs Korok seeds, which there are 900 in this game. 900 Korok seeds, which are just scattered throughout the land. And you can find them under rocks and under everything. But he needs Korok seeds to make his maracas go and give you more inventory space. And the, and the maraca dance is something else. It's quite possibly one of the most adorable things in this yes. game. And he has a little, like, leaf beard that's, like, perfect. It's really good. So oh, I, I love Hetsu. Yeah, I found him and got his maracas back. I And some of the out of, some of the Korok seeds are, I don't know, I've, I found two. So they're hidden. I'm, hidden by, yeah, I'm only about, like, 25 in. Okay. In 35 hours. For sure. Uh, they're, I mean, they're on everything. Like, I just saw, like, a gold Pinwheel as I was floating down over a, a giant landscape, I was like, oh, that's weird. And I touched down on top of this little step, this little butte, 
and as I touched down, because I was going to just drop down, I wanted to go all the way to the valley floor, but I landed on top, and then I saw these little targets, and I was like, what's this? And so I get up, and I, use, I spend the last of my arrows shooting all these little targets, and then uh, one of the, like, the Koroks just show up, and they're like, oh, yeah, here's my seed. You found me. And, uh, and then... And yeah. Yeah, they're like, yay! Yeah, it's like they're just playing a giant game of hide-and-seek all over this world. Yeah, 900 of them. Close to 1,000. That's, I will never get even 100, probably. It's just too much. Yeah, and... E- I'm about... So should we talk about... like I, Shrines, I think, are the best part of this game. No? I'm not looking... Like, okay. I'm not... I... I guess I can talk about it now. We're 33 minutes into this. I really don't. I just I figured this out over time, many years, self-reflection. That even though this series is my dirty little secret, I don't like Zelda games. You don't like Zelda games. I don't think this is such a departure from core zelda that because like each shrine is pretty much a mini dungeon it's one or two puzzles that you have to solve and then you get a thing that i think those puzzles are super fun i'm not a puzzle guy i'm not a puzzle guy i tried like portal is the only puzzle game i've finished and i think the shrines are on the level of portal except for the one at hanato village where you have to tilt a controller to move the ball around. That one's that one's pretty much the worst. So, uh, how many? I turned it upside down. Shri- that's exactly how I did it too. That's the only way. That's the, how I, the only thing I can think of that would make it work. How many shrines have you completed, Tom? Uh, fifty-five. So just about half. Fifty-five hundred and ten total. I have hundred twenty. Hundred twenty. Oh, so you're you're missing. You're down five. Down five. Yeah. Uh, so just about half. Just about half. And I am at eleven, I think. I said I told you ten, and then last night I was like, well, I guess I'll just do these two, and so I did. So I'm at twelve now, and mm-hmm. I actually walk away from one because I didn't know how to finish it. And that's one thing that I will mention is is better than in this game than other Zeldas is that you would have to wait to get the specific skill to finish that dungeon that you you can walk into a dungeon and not be able to finish it because you don't have the item that it requires to finish that dungeon. And so I knew that it was just a failure on my part to why I couldn't complete it and I didn't want to spend multiple hours trying to figure it out without looking at a walkthrough. For me, my my uh, kind of methodology through for shrines has been: if I can't figure it out in about ten minutes, I'll look up a walkthrough. I've done that maybe five times, but usually they give you the tools to figure out how to complete a shrine. If and if it's confusing, it might just be a part of the like core set of powers: the magnesis, the stasis, the cryostasis, the bombs that you haven't figured out yet. Like you have the tools to figure it out, how can you go and do this? 
I appreciate the fact that you can go in any direction. This is an open world game and be able to complete each shrine that you come in contact with. And so that, that yes, this it... feels better. Uh, everybody was talking about the a link between worlds for the 3DS. I have played that one about two or three dungeons in. Then I got distracted and stopped playing it. That's about where I got, and then I just gave it back to my buddy and said, maybe I just don't like Zelda games. Because I felt bad that I was borrowing it, and I wasn't playing it at all. Um, so I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, you don't right, know. right because now, I feel like the prince, is... the prince. I'm just gonna skip to the. To, I went to the elephant. Oh, you went to the elephant guardian first because that was the eastiest. Oh, that yeah, the Zora, the Zora, and yes. the prince is the super, super cool. I thought he was super lame in the beginning, but he's way. Neat. He's like ah, you can't see my thumb, but I'm doing like the prince thing. It right zooms now. <laughs> in on his face, and he. And he smiles at you, and he's like a shark person. And they're all like... Hey, Zora. Yeah, this is just the Zora. There's four different races across yeah, there's the, this landscape. The Zora, the fish people. The Gorons, the rock people. The Gerudo, the Ganon people. The tall brown people. Oh. And then there's the Rito, the bird people. And then the Hellenes. The Hylians, okay. I think, is Hylians. That's really cool. I that's I like I'm more impressed by that than I am the shrines because yeah, I, I don't yeah I don't I don't really get much satisfaction from beating them. You don't because huh. there's a. I always feel like I am so smart. Whenever I finish one of those, that's 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 a really good reason to like this this one. And I don't like I see that, and then I'm just like, oh, this is. And I don't know if it's because of my job right now, and then coming back, it's like when once I see the answer how to do it, and then I have to figure out how I'm supposed to do that technique to get it done it becomes a, a chore because some of the stuff you have to get in this exact right place. Um, and it, it sounds like the last guardian for me all over. Again. Totally. But for me, I don't feel that like for me, this is if this is a game, this is a perfect podcast game in a way where if I'm about to go to bed, if I have like an hour before bed, I'll take it on my Switch. I'll take it tablet mode, put on a podcast, and just go explore the world, get a couple of shrines, and then it's I'm done with it. There's no – it's this is a game I'm taking my time. It's a steak dinner kind of game. It's a game I want to savor meat. and just have all of that meat. I want to get all the meat and all the juices into my mouth. Meat and potatoes. That's, that's really good. I – to to try to catch up for it for this podcast, I did steamroll it more than I probably would have done. No, I probably would have done the same exact stint. Um, yeah, you you kind of have that like marathon gaming streak in you. That's yeah, it's just like it just squeezing in that time when I can do it between work 
and sleep and chores and living a life. Uh, most also this, planning this... a wedding and uh, potentially buying a house. So a lot of life going on, which should mean that this would be the perfect game to just be like, okay, I'm just going to put this on. Yeah, because it's so peaceful. This is such a peaceful, relaxing oh, game. I, uh, if no, it's not. I don't think it's relaxing per se. For me, yeah, I, like the the music is so chill. You're just like do do do. I don't know. Um, so my favorite trend so far reminds me of my future wife, and it was this area. There's a chick hanging out by the shore, and this I, she's the, she's a jerk. She's a terrible garden his architect. There's actually a thing called hmm. garden ar- architects. I did not know this. An old professor of mine. His son is getting a master's degree from Harvard in garden architecture. It's it's a it's a huh. better word than it, but I can't. It's but it's basically that. It's a, it's a fancy word. Yeah, it's. That's that's like the layman's definition of it, but it has a cooler title. Uh, he's doing that. She, this this lady, she did a maze garden. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I know, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about around now. Around it, and if you touch the flowers, she'll get very upset with you, and you will have to restart the maze over. I had to, and I had to flip the, and I if you ha, if it happens too much, it's like three, three times I think, maybe four. Uh, I so I hit it three times. I completed the maze and I came out and as I was walking out, I touched a corner of the flowers, and she freaked out and whooped me. Yep. And so I had half heart. And that was all the health I had, so I had to eat some food. I took a screenshot of it because it's so good. Oh, this is that I was think... probably my favorite little scene. Oh, I think if we're talking about favorites, I have to talk about. We're about forty-five, forty-three minutes in right now for our recording, and I want to talk about Even Tide Island so bad. So this we're talking about giants. It's they don't have any order. Yeah, this is so. This is a shrine where it's a island off in the distance. You have like the main Hyrule landmass, and then uh, so then you're off. Uh, you can jump if you have enough stamina. You can paraglide paraglide all the way to this random island out in the distance, and it takes about like two circles of stamina to get to maybe a little less but once you're on the island they take away all your gear you're link in his little wrestling shorts again you have no food you have no weapons we haven't talked about this but this game you're constantly picking up weapons because their durability is about zero and you have no defense and you're just everything you've gotten. I went about six hearts into this place, and I just lost it. Like you lose everything, and your goal on Eventide Island is to 
get three spheres into three kind of bases. So you have to steal them. So there's like three on this like, I don't know, like 100 square foot island. So you have to use all your resources. You have to make sure you use magnesis, stasis, like cryostasis to get like what you can pick up weapons on the island that it reminds me most of a uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, one of those side missions where I had to get all your gear while you're there. Oh, you remember yeah, those? Yeah. It's exactly that mission. There's a lot of Metal Gear Solid 5 in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I think. But I, I just had the best time creating my own solutions. So at one point, you have to. You're supposed to paraglide onto a Hinoch, which is this huge enemy with lots and lots of health that's almost impossible to take down if you only have weapons that are doing three to five damage, which is what you're getting on this island. And you have to paraglide onto him, and you're supposed to like pick it up while he's sleeping. I didn't realize that for about five tries, so I would try to fight him every single time. And what happened was I was throwing bombs, just constantly running around, like, trying not to get killed by the Hynok. And, oh, like, the music is perfect when you're fighting the Hynok. It feels like a Johnny Quest adventure, Johnny Quest, like, Venture Bros kind of adventure. But just that 60s pulp monster movie. It's so good. This thing is so good. Like, you have to steal it from a camp of moblins and bokoblins. Another one, and another one's just easy to get. But I probably died maybe ten times, but I don't think I've had a better gaming experience, including ending E of Near Automata. <laughs> then I'm not going to call that this... a gaming experience. <laughs> I will call it ending E. Oh. That's, that's awesome. That's... That makes that makes my heart good. Yeah, and then there's another one where you are. You have any like so? There's this thing called the Yiga Clan, which is a clan devoted to hating Link. They hate the idea of a savior in the land, and you have to infiltrate their base, and it is a stealth mission. And the way you distract the guards is you lay bananas on the ground, like the MGS uh, porn magazines of old. And they'll, like, go tiptoeing up and just, like, go grab the banana so you can – they're distracted so you, like, walk around them. And then at one point you get a barrel, which is the cardboard box from Metal Gear Solid. And you're just in this little barrel, like, walking – doing stealth missions because the guys have, like, 600 health and you don't want to mess with them. It, oh, I love this game. <laughs> so, Tom's trying to... Well, he's doing a really good job of comparing these two wonderful series. But he knows my love for Metal Gear Solid. So, he's uh, he's trying to he's, make me understand a... <laughs> to love this game. And so, this, that's, this is a good part about why we're going to do this in the two-part episode. So, hopefully, by the time we get to... Uh, two-week experience from now, we'll, we'll both be finished with the game and we'll see how we feel about it after it. Yeah, I just... Is there... I haven't even talked about the dragon yet. Oh, that's good. Um, 
we should talk about so I'm gonna try to cut this off hour fifteen. This will be a little shorty. Hour fifteen. Hour fifteen. Yeah, I think that will be good. So just we'll know. And so what I want to talk about real quick is when you go to this one, the the village with the lady, the the Zora. The no 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 before that, you go there. It's like Henrietta. Oh, uh, the Hinata. It's not that one, but it's the one right before it. Because you go to the, the research lab at Hinata. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which one that, the name of that place is. But you meet... Everybody's super weird about this. And everybody knows who you are when you start going into the bigger towns. The small stables don't quite know who Link is or... They don't recognize them. Sometimes some people do when you get more dialogue options. Yes, it, because they always recognize them because of the Sheikah Slate. Yeah, your and your high-tech iPad. You, which probably should have been a... If it was on the Wii U, I think this game, if it utilized the Wii U's menu, it would have been better. Hmm. Because going, the, Ooh, having to pause to go in the menu would be cool. is a little rough every time, especially when you're oh. full up on swords. Speaking of Wii U, if you click on the screen, it it'll just flip it to the TV. I think that's because they didn't want the Wii U version to be better than the Switch version. Because when the Switch is docked, you can't use any of those functions of the touchpad. I believe it. I that took me by surprise the other day. I was just like, "Oh, well, I I wanted to play it one-handed." And I was like, "Well, I'll just I'll use my my pad." And then I was like, or my pen, and it it just kept on switching over to the TV. It was just really oh. it was interesting. It's really it makes sense though to do it because the the inventory system is is pretty rough. There is um so you go to this one little this one little city and you go talk to a a old monk. She's about a hundred years old. It's Hinata Village. It's for, oh, okay. What's the other one called then? The one with the research. There's lab. Kakariko. Kakariko. Oh, are you thinking about Kakariko or Hanata? I was thinking of Kakariko. Kakariko's the one with the research lab then. Yep. So this old woman, she explains to you what happened to you and she also knew you link but somehow some of these people don't die ever i think just hyrule hillians have a higher lifespan than regular humans hey and zora zora definitely do yeah they do holy cow yeah they do because like link is an elf if you look at him he's not a human it's true i actually joked about putting on elf ears to do this podcast but (laughs) <laughs> it's not video form yet, so there's no point. No, and we don't have headphones on. That'd be <laughs> yeah. It would it would block it. Uh, so she explains to you that you need to go to, to this research lab and to get to fix your chic state because you're missing two key features. Is there anything else she mentions that I that I might have forgotten? Well, eventually, like when you do. Have you done any of the memories yet? You found a memory portal thing? The Zora 
main quest line made me have a flashback, which was my favorite flashback. In in any game this year, probably I thought it was the it was uh, this game's cute. Like I'm not gonna lie, it, this is a it, yeah. this is a heartwarming game, and I I think that was that was by far my favorite scene, is this one little flashback that I got, which was with the the Zora champion. So each race has a champion that piles a pilots a divine beast, which was a beast or a machine. Designed to defeat Ganon. And uh, the Zora the Zora uh, princess is has the hots for Link and it's this really touching scene where she says, I I just once this the calamity is over, I just want things to go back to normal and we can spend more time together and then it turns out she's dead a hundred years later or like just probably like one year after he goes under or like five minutes before he goes under. I was thinking, this reminds me of the time we first met. You were just a reckless child. Always getting yourself hurt at every turn. Every time I would heal you just as I'm doing right now. I thought it was funny how being a Hylian, you looked grown up so much faster than I did. I was... I was always willing to heal your wounds. Even back then. So if this Calamity Ganon does in fact return... What can we really do? We just don't seem to know much about what we'll be up against. But know this, that no matter how difficult this battle might get, if you, if anyone ever tries to do you harm, then I will heal you. No matter when or how bad the wound, I hope you know that I will always protect you. Once this whole thing is over, maybe things can go back to how they used to be when we were young. You know. Perhaps we could spend some time together. Uh, so that was my favorite scene. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to add it right there. Right in that little off chance, because there's not a lot of voice voice acting as far as I've seen. When you talk to the old uh, sage in Kakariko Village, she tells you there's about 15 memories, 12 or 15 memories that you can find out in the world. And yeah. it gives you once you get your Sheikah stick re- restored to uh, take pictures at Hinata Village. Oh, okay. you can find these places in the world. And they'll trigger uh, flashbacks. So you get a little more backstory on like Zelda and her life. Cool. I'm excited about that like the little like little attentions to details that this game has for that kind of stuff. Because that was probably my favorite thing in it. And that's why I was like 
a little bit miffed at the idea that this is the only the shrines are the favorite part in this game because if that's true those shrines that you mentioned sound good but from 10 percent of what i've tried so far I I would say I have not liked them. Uh, one I guess. So I we're at we're at zero point seven five percent roughly. They are they get more intricate as you move throughout the game. I think you're supposed to go east first. That's kind of where it guides you because str- stronger enemies are in the west. You got to like try and go to Hyrule Ca- Hyrule Castle early. You'll just get decimated by gar- guardians. So you're kind of funneled east, but like once you're in the desert area, they introduce a uh, electricity mechanic where you have to get current to different places in the shrine. Or you could just oh. say like "fuck it," I'm going to make a line of metal swords get <laughs> <laughs> from like point A to point B and just like drop a bunch of swords and shields, and it'll, those will conduct electricity from point A to point B. So it's like, this is a game about saying yes to the player. Like, that is like, a, why would they include that? Yeah. Uh, one fun story that I heard tell about this, about the de- design and development. So Nintendo's really good to their employees, and once they get to when they when they got to a milestone, they would. I was literally about to tell the story. <laughs> they would uh, give everybody a little bit of a vacation. And during those little vacation spots, they brought a Miyamoto in and to try out the game. He all he did was spend time climbing trees for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> that sounds like that little crazy Japanese man. <laughs> for sure. Was that the story? Oh no! Well, I was gonna say they all played through it during the milestone. Oh, for sure. Like the entire team, so they could get a sense of how the game feels, and I think that really goes a long way because you never feel like there's not something to do. Like there's always something within close proximity of where you are, even if there's not, there is something you can't find it. But like I'll I'll just describe one of my the craziest moments I've ever ha- like had in this game was. I was I'd spent like the night fighting macoblins and or macoblins and moblins in this little like skull cave. I come out of that, it's like the sun's rising. I'm looking over the big lake. There's this huge lake in the like right underneath the plateau called Lake Hylia. Sun's rising, and there's this fucking dragon coming down out of the sky portal. I'm like, what the hell? This is like giant Chinese dragon just coming out and flying throughout the land. And it's like 200 feet long, gigantic. I'm just watching it going. I'm just going to follow this thing for a while. I'm like not even going to attack it. It seems peaceful. But then I found out it's like for research. Like, Eventually you find out it's for upgrading your tunic. Oh, it's game but on still, then. It's the most majestic thing like I've seen in a game. Just this giant dragon come out of this portal in the sky, like it's like the Avengers style portal, and it's just floating peacefully. It won't attack you unless you get too close. But that was just like one of those moments, like holy shit, there's a dragon. Didn't expect that at all when I was starting this game. 
That's pretty cool. Um, I really like the fact that the researcher at Kakariko Village is a little girl. And... Oh, that's Hinato Village. Okay. So Kakariko, Kakariko is, the is like is the first one. Okay. The researcher is Hinato Village. Okay. So Kakariko is, is the sage, the old woman, the very old woman, and then... Benjamin Button is... Benjamin Button is the researcher <laughs> at, Hinya, at Hinata. Yeah, so she, she took some sort of medicine, and she is now forever young. Forever young. <laughs> <laughs> I At this point, I talked to Tom, and he told me how far he was in, and I was like, well, I at least need to get to a guardian just to say I've done something. Divine Beast. Divine Beast, yeah. <laughs> uh, but And I run immediately to that next spot. And I ended up like, I realized that I was just doing side quests accidentally. <laughs> oh. And so I what? was like, all right, I'll switch over to the main quest. And I just run over there, sprint, fly. Um, I try to steal horses and, and take them over. I think I've ridden a horse for maybe five minutes in this game so far. They s- well, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. The, it's very. I've had a couple of difficult horses that don't soothe easy. Like my first one was really good and perfect, and I didn't have to do much to soothe it. But one was fighting me the entire time. I don't know if I was. Yeah, once you get more stamina, you get it's easier to get horses. Oh, okay. So, so I yeah I just I get my I get my butt over there, and I immediately see all these fish people, and I'm so stoked. Cause this fish people actually, are always been my favorite in Zelda. This this is like the most. This is like when it got interesting for me, and I was like, oh, this one's neat. So I was like running through this section. I did one shrine because it was in my way to go over to the prince. Cause you see different different people and I like went up the tower climbed it got my map updated met another fish person so I met like three fish people just before I met the prince because of, yeah there's a lot of them like sp- like speckled throughout the land kind of guiding you to the main quest of objective so you don't get too off track from it yeah it's like a catch-all and just funnels you into the actual quest line yeah which I appreciate. I think that's another like one of those like play testing the game so much. It's like, oh, they would never find it if they didn't have like quest giver A, B, C, and D type stuff. I, but I couldn't find that bridge as of A because even A, the A fish was telling me that I needed to go to the bridge, and I was on a bridge when I was seeing her. I didn't know. Yeah, because there's multiple bridges going into the Zora Village. Totally, and. I mean, that bridge is visually different, but there's no descriptive term. So, I yes, I agree with you. It is much better. And you go over to the bridge. You meet our boy, our prince, Sidon. Say hey there, young one. Up top, above you. <coughs>
pardon the entrance, but you're a Hylian, aren't you? I was hoping perhaps you'd have a moment to talk. I know that people on the internet have a crush on him. Oh, he's the best fish, fish prince I ever met. It's all about the prin- fish princess. I have an undying love for that dead fish. What I love about the Zora Village is everyone hates you there. They're like, you fucked up a hundred years ago. Why are you here? You fucked up. You failed. Go away. We don't want you here. And that's such a like weird thing in a Zelda game. It's like, you're the hero, but you... You're, it's about failure also. That's a good point. This this section was better than I've had in other Zelda games because I I thrive off of that outcast hero rather than the celebrated savior. Um, I didn't beat it, but Witcher has a really, really good storyline where you're very much the outcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, you should play the rest of the game. One one day. One day. There's there's a... Uh, well, just in Zelda, there's a... Uh, like You have to uh, cross-dress to even get, get into the town. That's, which that's is re- pretty cool. So we do want to wrap up our first part here, uh, or like at the Zora yeah, Village. So what I want to do is... So everybody hates you in this village. There's a, a shrine in like the basement. That one's pretty fine. In this section, you meet the king, and the king is like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And it's this whole section where there's this one chief advisor who says that you don't you don't belong here. Um, the prin- You let the princess die. I blame you for the de- her death. The prince is like, well, I'll go talk to him. And then he does his cool guy smirk, smile smirk thing that he's been doing this entire time. It's really, really good. <laughs> you go over there, you get your memory flashback, which was mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And then you get, or as, and you also get the tunic that the princess made for you, which allows you the coolest mechanic in yeah. my playthrough, which is you can just run up a waterfall, swim up a waterfall. Yep. That's pretty cool. Pretty neat. And you then, you have to go, once you swim waterfalls up to the top of this this uh, mountain, there's a guy up there shooting... A uh, Lionel. A Lionel. Okay. Lionel. They're the hardiest enemies in the game. I still haven't killed one. <laughs> Dang. Because I, yeah. I tried killing him for a while. I, I spent maybe 10 or so lives just trying to kill this guy. And it what did it was eventually a stealth mission. It became a sne- sneaking mission. <laughs> I uh, so without because I I only upgraded my stamina bar as of the now, and so I have not done any heart section. So I'm only on three hearts. So I died once, and I was like, wow, that was really quick. So I immediately went to sneaking. But even sneaking, I was like too fast. So I had to figure. I basically learned how to sneak just from that section, from punishment. Yeah, that that's a. I think I maybe had like four hearts there, but yeah, it's still one hit kill. You get stuff to minimize that eventually. Cool. We'll talk about next episode, but I just ah uh, that that section was fun because it taught me that you can just run away from your problems. I guess in this game, <laughs> <laughs> eventually run and then crouch and you'll be okay. 
I can dig it. Uh, you steal 20 electric arrows, you jump down this awesome cliff, and you float down right to the, sh the bridge. You meet the up with the prince. The prince, you jump on his back and ride him like a dolphin and shoot <laughs> arrows from his back. Yes. And, to, and you eventually get into the Divine Beast, and the Divine Beasts serve as dungeons in this game. It's a giant water elephant. Yeah, but elephants are already water. They are, but it's still, it's so neat. It's a really cool area. Yeah, I, when like the way you progress through the dungeon is you manipulate the elephant's trunk and where the water goes, like so that it moves platforms for you. And that's kind of that's the theme of the divine beasts within the like the four main divine beasts. I've only been three now, but. And you get cool, cool shit for doing it. You get some cool shit. That's awesome. I uh, I just realized that you could do the controlling the elephant spout. So I got three of those terminals done last three night. Three of the five. Three of the five. And then yeah. I, I quit after that because it was midnight. Or Understandable. Just about midnight. Yeah, it's about... An hour or two, hour and a half per divine beast, I'd I, say. Yeah, and that's not even including if you're if you're sleep deprived and <laughs> don't know what you're doing wrong. If you're sleepy, Nick. Yeah, that was that was a definitely a big problem last night. I was I died a lot more than I would li like to admit, but I was yeah. chugging through it. If you can find the master sword, it does sixty damage when you're in in a divine beast. And does not break. Doesn't break. Op. When you're in the, when you're in a divine beast only. Oh. Otherwise, if you it's it like powers up if you're in in a divine beast and you do thirty damage, you can use it for a fair bit, but then it'll break and then it reforms after like two or three minutes. That's that's cool because that's oh, we should I want to just mention briefly mention the combat system in here, uh, just because the whole inventory. What's your favorite weapon? Other than the Master Sword? Because I don't have it, and I'm, I'll be jealous. Oh. I really... I had it. It was what you get for beating the Goron City. It's called the Boulder Breaker. It was this, like, big two-handed thing that just knocked enemies around and, like, would knock their en or weapons out of their hands, whatever. You hit them with it, and it was my baby. And then it broke, and I was, like, I shed a tear because I've learned that nothing is permanent in weapons in Zelda. You'll eventually have to throw it away. If you throw it away, it does double damage. So just throw it away as soon as you can. Ain't that it? I'm so I don't use anything that has, that you can use a shield with. I never have enough. I've never have like a single weapon to use a shield with, so I'm always with those two-handed weapons. I I prefer the one-handed weapons because you have the shield. But also, like, I've done... Like, there's a couple shrines that are just combat challenges. Ice arrows. They're the secret. They freeze the guardians. Oh, okay. You just wail on them. That's sweet. Yeah, I've... So right now, I only have the electric... Normal and fire. Yeah, if you go to towns, you, you'll find a bunch of villages throughout. 
and you'll be able to buy more. There's a fair amount of villages. I'm surprised about how many there's. This is a dense, dense game. Yeah, it is. It, and that's a good, good place to end. And yes. I think we'll talk about the next three Guardians, no matter wh- how long it goes next time, and then any other fun shrines. Now that we've gotten the like weird esoteric stuff out of the way, you can start more like... Next time will probably be more of a story spoiler cast. This is more like a mechanics cast. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a good starting point for everybody, and we can get right into it on the next podcast. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Tom. And this is the Square Time Podcast. Where can people find you on the internet, Nick? You can find me at Nikolai. You can find me at the Time Waffle. And you also can find us now on iTunes and YouTube. iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Tell your friends and and review us, like, subscribe. Only if all that jazz. Only if you like us, but I guess you could do it if you don't. Um, please, oh God, please. But uh, tell tell us your critique so we can fix it at our email yes. address and um, squaretimepod at gmail dot com. Yep, and this is part one of, of Zelda: The Breath of the Wild. Bye. Bye, everybody. heard episode six of the square time podcast editing was done by nick finley and tom buell sound mixing was done by nick finley all sound samples were taken from legend of zelda the breath of the wild a nintendo property music provided by the dining room at soundcloud.com friend of the show artist known as khalid abibi